0: I'm Doyle True, one of the shepherds here at Sycamore View. Uh, I miss gathering with everyone, but I'm grateful that the online services uh, give me a feeling of togetherness. I have a statement to read from the shepherds. In the spring of 2007, the Sycamore View Church made a decision to remain at our current location. With that decision, God grew our heart, Memphis, and the 901. Uh, we don't want to care about our community with words alone, but also with our actions. The tragic events of the past few weeks are stories that seem to repeat themselves far too often. The names change, but the story remains the same. Sensuous murders, most recently with Armand Arbery and George Floyd, have awakened deep emotions and passion in people throughout our country. We hear and stand with our African American community, and our hearts break, and so does God's. A few weeks ago we launched a new vision for the Sycamore View Church, Awakening. The first sentence of our vision statement is this, the Sycamore View Church exists to awaken people to the greatness of Jesus. One of our eight core values declares we're honored to carry the Ministry of Reconciliation. Our commitment to live into our vision and core values demands that we stand with people and for people, especially those who are marginalized and without a voice. For years, we've supported our police officers throughout Shelby County. We host a breakfast every year to honor them. We want our relationship with our officers to grow. This means that we will pray for, honor, and support our officers as they serve our city every single day. It also means that we will not be afraid to cry out for justice and accountability when power is abused. Another of our core values states that we will willingly stand for the marginalized. We stand for Jesus against racism, injustice, oppression, senseless murders, white supremacy, hatred. We stand with Jesus for our African-American brothers, sisters, friends and neighbors, all the oppressed, all the marginalized, and all those who do not have a voice. The church is called of God to be a force in the world. This means we cannot be silent. We speak, we act, we love. We will continue to work for a better Memphis through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray with me, please. Father, we're you're our strength, our helper in times of trouble. You're a God of love, peace, and justice, and we pray that Your will will be done in in this, our city and our country as it is in heaven. We pray, Father, that we'll be receptive to the message from Jim and Josh, which follows, that talks about justice and reconciliation. In the name of Jesus, amen.
1: Good morning, good morning again. Welcome to, I guess, Sycamore. I on no side of Sycamore View, which is glad to have all those watching from both both churches, especially those who are not members of our churches. We're just glad to have uh, you. Matter of fact, we say at Northeast Side, uh, we believe in helping people experience Jesus and yours as well.
2: Helping people see Jesus.
1: So so as you can see, we, we have a lot in common already. Matter of fact, I think Josh and I both turned 40 this year. When I first met him, we both uh, drove Hondas and And what else, Josh? Oh, both our middle names, Lewis, and both first names start with a J,
2: so. We both spent time in Texas and Memphis. We're both cowboy fans. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So this was nothing to do together because there was already a relationship uh, built, and we're just glad to share this moment with both churches and also with the world. The city of Memphis, we love you, and we hope that this bless our city when it comes to uh, uh, unity and social uh, justice. And we just want to deal with these subjects because these are very important subjects right now. Uh, and matter of fact, these are subjects needed within the body of Christ. So we, we want to just take this moment and just and just bless you from the word of God on how Jesus would feel if he lived here in 2020, can you believe it? We're still dealing with things like this in 2020. I mean, we, we had years to overcome, so there must be something that we haven't uh, done right yet if we're still having problems that existed in the 60s and and, and 2020. Uh, so let's, let's let's take a minute and read the text for the morning, for the moment, and then we'll go into uh, the, the the sermon. Look at uh, John 16. John, we can, we can share this reading. Josh, you just take over at verse 5. Chapter 16 of, of John, the Gospel of John. Uh, we're going to read this to you. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. Then they, they will put you out of the synagogue indeed. Uh, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think He is offering service to God and they who uh, and they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you but
2: but now I'm going, to be, I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has, filled, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned.
1: I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he uh, he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come he will glorify me for he would will take what is mine and declare it to you all that the father has is mine therefore i said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you we just want to preach to you this morning for a minute just speak to you have a discussion uh, about uh, the sermon they don't know my father nor me, and if we had a co-topic. It'll be living in a world of systematic, a systemic injustice. Living in a world of systemic injustice. Let me start off by saying again, why we're we still while we're still talking about this in uh, the year 2020, I want you to look at this for a minute. This is a camera that I use. Uh, on the window of my truck, it's a, it record everything that happened uh, as I drive. If I pull up in a store, it's still recording. Uh, can you imagine living in a, a country, being an African-American man, where well, you need this as you drive? With that you need something like this uh, to record every incident just so the truth can get out. Think about how many incidents we have, or, and they never get recorded, uh, things that, that, that's been swept under the rug, but when, now with the new technology, people are recording things, they're they pulling out their phones. Whenever something in the world go in chaos, we just saw this happen. This—it's not just the first time we had that we had the situation of Breonna Taylor, the young lady that was killed in her home while sleeping, and and she was—it was the wrong house. She is an essential worker. The wrong house, uh, and, and the warrant, uh, the person with the warrant they're looking for was already in custody. Can you imagine living in a world where it's necessary to have one of these? What about uh, Amara Arbery that got chased down by? Uh, the vigilantes and, and and killed and justice taken into the hands of of citizens one ex-police officer that should know better what made them feel that they can do that and get away and then what make another group of people scared that there would be no justice can you imagine waking up depending on this to make sure your story get out what about the other day, we have protests all across the world about George Floyd. What, what if it wasn't for the video? What would the story really be if they wasn't there to video as uh, he state, "I can't breathe"? He said he called on his mom and he telling them that, and the officer sitting there. If he can talk, he must can breathe. And then we find out he died later. What what is it like to? to be a minority to be african-american what is it like really for us to be like this in america and i'm glad because i can have this conversation with someone who actually try and strive to understand a church that strive to understand that there is a struggle in america for us to come together and have this kind of conversation that, that can change the world there is an issue with systemic injustice.
2: Yeah. So Jimmy, uh, man, thank you for everything you just said. and Thanks for your friendship. You've been a teacher for me. You, yes. uh, I count you as a, a true friend and partner in the kingdom. Yes. So we want to unpack John 16 as we have this conversation. So we're right. grateful. I mean, today we, we want to root this conversation in the Word of God. And let me, let me uh, kind of just give an overarching view real quick of the Gospel of John. Uh, and I know you're doing a six-week series right now, so thanks for letting me jump in and be a part of it for the context here at Sycamore View and for those who are joining us as well. One thing I love about the Gospel of John, John wants to paint Jesus as Jesus is the one who brings a new Genesis, a new beginning. Right, it's right. through Jesus that there is a new beginning. John also paints Jesus as the one who brings a new Exodus. Jesus is the one who takes people who've been oppressed or downtrodden, whether it's because of sin or any other kind of oppression, and he's moving all of us into this new exodus. I also love how some people talk about one thing John wants to do is he wants to take you to the mountain. (laughs) And N.T. Wright even talks about how John its like he's telling the story of Jesus in a way where Jesus is the one saying hey come up to the mountain and when you get to the top just look out and you can see forever and when we're able to see forever the cry of our hearts and this is John chapter 1 verse 14 is glory. Glory, yes, and glory. Sir. Yes, sir, yes, sir. One thing that uh, one person talks about the Gospel of John like this that John wants to help us discern the presence of God in the mess of historical and current reality. The Gospel of John wants to help us discern the presence of God in the mess of historical and current reality. So what we're unpacking for you and what you're walking your church through over the next few weeks. From John 13 through John 17, if you have red letters in your Bible, it's full of red letters. (laughs) It's a lot of teaching from Jesus. This whole section doesn't begin with Jesus talking. This whole section begins with Jesus Kneeling down in front of people and washing their feet. Yes. So Jesus is the one. He's the great teacher. But Jesus embodies everything he teaches. Jesus is not gonna ask us to teach anything, to be a voice for anybody, to do anything that Jesus isn't willing to do first. Right, right. So with that said, man, let's jump into John 16, verse one. <laughs>
1: All right, so let's go into the immediate context. Immediate context. In the immediate, let's context now let's, let's the immediate context. Let's build an immediate context. Let me help you understand, because we're still dealing with systematic injustice. Let's let's, let's let's look at what the Jews would do. Matter of fact, the perfect example is Jesus. So whenever you have uh, non you have non-Christian Jews, Orthodox Jews, but then you have what Josh called the new beginning, the, uh, the exodus of a new generation. Now you see there is a Jew, there are Jewish Christians. Now the Jewish Christians have a message that's different from the Orthodox Jews. So whenever the Orthodox Jews felt threatened by this new message, this new movement, what they will often do is take those Christians and, and have them tried before a, a Gentile, a Roman, or what we would call a heathen government. And today we're still living with the same thing. When, when it, it used to be back in the days that justice was taken into the, their own hands. We have the KKK who was a Christian, is now considered a Christian organization. And, and they, what they would do is they would take justice into their own hands. So now we see now that it's sort of changed. Now be careful, I want you to understand this. Not all officers are bad. There's a lot of good officers out here in our world. There's a lot of good officers in our country. Matter of fact, my son is a sheriff officer. So don't ever think that everybody is against uh, the the blue. Amen, I support the blue. But what I do support is righteousness. And we're gonna talk about that later being a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. You can't be in the, we'll, we'll deal with that later. But anyway, the immediate context is this. When, when you see Jesus uh, being uh, uh, taken by the hands of Jewish leaders and taken before a uh, 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 pilot and pilot said I find no fault in him and send him to Harold Harold said he, 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 he enjoyed him for a moment then he sent him back because he find no fault it was the religious people the ones that claimed to know God that said crucify him even to the point of letting a murderer free, and Jesus deal with the crucifixion. Do you not think we're dealing with this where the the guilty go free, but somebody's family have to live with death? Do you not think that social injustice? This this word just started. It's right here in the seat of the gospel of well, just So social gospel. Amen. Amen. So that's the immediate. A context. So let us go ahead and go into verse 1. Jesus said this. He's dealing with the warning. There's a warning for us today that, that, that's right here in John 16. Jesus had to do two things. He had to prepare his disciples for something they're going to experience. And Jesus prepared us today for this that we're experiencing. But he also not just prepared us for this today, what we're experiencing. He, 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 he told us, there is a way. I got a way for y'all to keep standing in the midst of this injustice. There is a way for you to stand. You don't have to give up. There is hope. I empowered you with something that'll keep you going, even in a world where two people can't come together and have this discussion like this what do you do what do you what do you what do you got for us jesus Jesus, i've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away and josh we discussed this word that that, that there's several definitions what was some of the
2: definitions? yeah i mean falling away drifting away uh stumbling uh, uh some people this is where you even get ideas of apostasy yeah. Can, I, can I jump in right yeah, here real quick? Yes. Because one thing, uh, so Jesus is saying, I've told you all these things. We're so summarizing what he's already been talking about. So that you don't drift away. There are a number of reasons why people drift away. Right. And sometimes people drift away because of uh, bad doctrine, because of false ways to think about God. Right. Sometimes people drift away because of weariness. They're just tired. They're tired. They can't hang on. They don't want to hang on anymore. Is it even worth it? So there's a lot of different ways why people would drift away. Now I think what Jesus is also saying here is, hey I've taught you all these things so that you could have a firm foundation to stand on. So that when the storms of life come you're ready to stand. Now I've taught this for a number of years and I believe this to the core. If we wait until the storms of life hit to try to build a foundation in our lives, I'm not saying anything's impossible for God, but it's pretty difficult to do that. It's true when it comes to cancer or some tragedy or disease that hits us. If we wait until that happens for us to try to think, okay, what do I want my life to be based on? What do I want to be remembered for? What do I want to be passionate about? It's hard when you're in the storm to try to build a foundation. This is true for COVID-19, when it hit, the people I know who've probably been the healthiest through this are people who have a strong foundation in their lives, the people who struggled struggle. It was the, it, it, it's those who, who got in the middle of it and they didn't know what they lived for. Or they didn't know what they were passionate about. And this is true for racial inequality and racial injustice as well. Okay. There are a lot of people throughout our entire country and throughout our world who over the last week or last few weeks have been thinking, okay, maybe I, maybe I should care about this. Right. Right. And now you have some people who they, they care, but they aren't sure how to navigate how they care. So you have some people who are just like picking up megaphones and they're just like screaming and they don't really know what they're screaming. They're just making noise. And Right, right. right now is the time for us to be thinking, okay, if we care about being a voice for the voiceless, Right. what is the foundation in my life and what are the principles i need god to be building in me now because god forbid this stuff happens again another story just a different name right then we're ready we have principles in place and a the foundation there and jesus lays this foundation just for life look i've taught you all these things i've showed you all these things so that so that you don't drift away
1: so you don't drift away and i also think about I hear young people, especially in the African American community, saying, "Where has Jesus been the four hundred years plus?" yeah and you 're starting to not hear that just from outside you 're hearing that from Christians. so what we 're seeing is a world that's crying out for Jesus, I guess in a minute we 're going to show them where he is, and just a minute that right. sometimes God has empowered some folks to represent him in his divine nature so we will get to that now <laughs> verse four ever are you are you go ahead well get, verse two what you want to go to verse two real quick well, let's, go yeah. to, let's go to verse four you first do four then we'll come Let, back. Let's, go back, let's go back to go verse four. four now watch this verse four says now he said I'm saying these things to keep you from falling away but then verse four also give the second reason why he's he's saying this he says but, but I've said these things to you that when that that their hour comes you will remember that I told I told them to you In other words hey I want y'all going into this ministry. I'm about to leave. I'm gonna let you know right now. If you saw me suffer, if they did it to me, they'll do it to you. So when it happened, when the hour comes, I want you to know you. If you're gonna take all this cause, it's an uncomfortable cause. Even right now, there are some wondering where they stand on this side. What side? Can I, do I, should I stay in silence or? Because if I speak, will, will I lose friends? Will I speak out? Will I lose? Uh, uh, a church member support, because even in the church, there's still a struggle with, with this subject. Yeah. So, so, so the question, Jesus said, look, I'm warning you in advance that you're gonna be persecuted against, and, 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 and I'm trying to tell you this, yeah. to keep you from slipping or falling away. Uh, go ahead, Josh.
2: Yeah, I mean, Jesus does, in verse two, Jesus says, hardship is coming. Like, there are people who are gonna kick you out of synagogues, and people are gonna come to cause great harm. They're going to come to bring great harm to you. In verse 2, and, and they're going to think that by doing so, yeah. that they're honor, offering, God, offering worship to God. They think this is the right thing to do. We see a couple of people model this. In, you back up to John chapter 13. Yeah. What you have is Judas. And in verse 27 and in verse 30, what it says is, when Judas received the bread, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he received the bread. And after receiving that bread, Judas still left and he betrayed Jesus. So here's, here's what I've been thinking about as we've been processing John and John 16 in preparation for today. How often do we take the sacred and then deny the sacred in yes. the exact same day? Yes! That we take the sacred yes. and then we walk out and we deny the sacred. Right. We take the bread, which is something both of our churches do every week. We take the cup, and then we can go out and we can laugh at racist jokes or tell racist jokes or cause harm. Maybe not with our hands, but with our hearts, right. with right. what's in our minds. Right. Can, and let me, let me, I don't want to twist Jesus' words, but let me say this the other way. Because the way Jesus says no, this is, no. here's what's going to happen to you. People are going to come cause you harm, and they're going to think they're worshiping God because of it. If we worship God, if we truly, genuinely worship God, we're not going to cause harm to other people. Right. right. If right. we genuinely worship God, we're not going to cause harm to people. And we will have our eyes open to see that when harm is caused, I, I, I need to have a voice in this. Right. I, I'm called to step into this mess just like, just like Jesus would. And this is a real challenge for a lot of us. So let me let me, let me go at it like this. Uh, Saul, who later became Paul. Oh, this one I'm waiting on. He he lived this out. This right here in chapter 16, verse 2. This was Saul. Saul persecuted people and caused great harm. Yes. uh, And thought that he was honoring God by doing it. Right. Saul was a racist to the core. Right? Right. But In Acts 9, and this is why literally in Acts 9, in Saul's conversion, scales fell from his eyes. So as Saul became Paul, scales fell from his eyes. And this is a move by God. I call this the first LASIK surgery that has ever happened. In the <laughs> and it's God doing it to Saul. Yeah. And pardon the pun, but God had to change the way Saul saw the world. Yeah. He had to change the way he saw the world. So here's the thing, Jimmy. Most people I know do not want to be known as racist. This is why, especially with white people, a lot of times when we're in conversations about racism, what you'll hear us say is, I'm not a racist. You know, we want to, we're super defensive, nobody, I, I know very few, I don't, I don't know anybody in my life who wants to be known as a racist. I also know, know a lot of people in my life who care about reconciliation. Right, right. They want there to be reconciliation between whites and blacks and every other skin color and rich and poor, they want it. Right. But here's how reconciliation works. You and I both do marriage counseling every once in a while. Right. When I'm with a husband and a wife who, who are dealing with, they need to be reconciled. Maybe because there was an affair, maybe just years went by and they drifted apart. You can't just have them skip to some fairy tale land of reconciliation without dealing with whatever it is as a cause of separation. Right. right. There's a chasm there, and you, if you sweep it under the rug and just hey, let's just forget it, let's just live into the future, at some point, what's under that rug is going to come to life again. Right. Right. So when it comes to racial reconciliation, a lot of us, man, we would love just take whites and blacks and browns and let's just go to some fairy tale land and let's just all get along. Yeah. Yeah. We've got yeah. to name the chasm. Right. Like, what is it that's been separating us? And racism is a part of it, but there are white supremacy, right. the abuse of power, right. forms of oppression. Like right. There are a lot of things that, that we need to take the time to name so that we can deal with them so that we can move to, a place, yeah. to a place of reconciliation. And I think this is, a, I mean, Jesus lays it out. Look, genuine worship, you're not going to cause harm to other people and you're gonna see when it happens. And that's no matter who they are, what they look like. And it it don't
1: even matter what their faith base is. Jesus called us to a love for all humanity. We might not agree with everything biblically, but we are still supposed to have a love for all humanity. And and this is what we have allowed to happen. We have allowed the different things that cause, uh, the the things that are are the the source of our differences. And we use those as reasons dislike somebody and we yeah. do this in the church too we do we do it in the church so that yeah. we can never expect the world to heal until the church yeah
2: well man you carry you carry us from here through uh i'm going to come back here at the end and i may interject a couple of things in here we got to put peter
1: in there don't you about Peter? we, we do, we do know, the, the peter the beautiful part. sure how, how sure. god worked in paul and peter's life yeah now you remember now peter also had the same problem jesus had to deal with him to prepare him to go to Cornelius' house when he got to Cornelius' house, Cornelius they, they, they sort of show a reverence to him. He said, I'm, I'm nothing but a man. It seemed like Peter's learning this, but guess what? He's still not getting it. We see him go out and hang out with other Gentiles, and then when the Jewish brothers come from Jerusalem, he immediately get up and separate himself, and then the other racist named Paul has to rebuke the present racist. Now watch this. This is the power of God, though. It's the power of God. God. The power of God is that he can still use us in our faults. Oh, Lord Jesus. All right, this is the power why I said I, I'm gonna have to calm down. Hey. God can still use us. Now these, both of these men have been preaching and representing Christianity, but they still had a flaw. They still yeah. had a scar. Right. What we need to do is recognize there's nothing wrong with coming forth and saying, I'm dealing with a, a scar. And that's for anybody. Hmm. And everybody, that's hate that's been built up. You talked about it, suppressing the wife uh, or the husband that's been hurt, that's been offended. Uh, and if you just sweep it on the rug and try to go along with the fairy tale, guess what, that hurt and pain is still there. So some of us on the side of social injustice have to also say, man, I gotta open up mm. for healing. You, you gotta see this, I can't keep holding on because I'm seeing so many people saying, I hate this group of people. Yeah. But you can't be Christian and a follower of Jesus yeah. and pick and choose who you can hate.
2: Not uh, true worship. Not true worship. Right. Not true worship. Yep.
1: All right, so we go, let's go move here because we can, we can probably talk about this all day, Josh. Uh, yeah. So what, what we gonna go to? Let's go to Jesus leaving. I think we, we dealt enough with the warning. The warning and, and that Jesus, let's talk about now what's about to happen. We gotta set this Jesus leaving part up right because in order for you to see why he's about to also call uh, and introduce again the holy spirit it's because he's leaving and the text says that in the midst of jesus leaving let's see it says that uh i did not see uh, say these things to you from the beginning because i was with you verse five but now i'm going to him who sent me and none of you asked me where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. It is amazing that Jesus talked about the disciples not being concerned about where he's going. But it's the disappointing news that Jesus is leaving them. Let me let me help you understand this. When you attached to somebody who's been your guide, who's been your comfort, <laughs> he's been an advocate on your behalf every time. You mess up. He's standing there. They are used to being attached to the physical advocate of Jesus being there. So it's more like this, man. We're we're in sorrow. Number one, we're going to miss you as a friend. Man, we the fishing experiences together. Uh, Who's going to do that the next time we go out at night and and we catch no fish? Who's going to make that happen again? Who's going to challenge our faith when we talk about leave the crowd? And then you challenged us to go ahead and feed this 5,000, and you showed us that you didn't need a lot to do it. Who else? They're going to miss this presence, this physical presence of Jesus. So, Jesus leaving. Sometimes there are people claiming right now, where is the Lord? Well, we're going to answer that question in just a minute. Where is the Lord hmm. in the midst of his chaos? Where is Jesus at in a world that's dealing with a virus? This ain't the first virus. <laughs> that God dealt with this. Matter of fact, the virus of racism has been existing longer than, than when are we gonna start looking for the vaccine for racism? (laughs) All right? When are we really gonna, like Josh said, really deal with this issue and begin to show the world what love look like? That if we're gonna call each other brothers, let's not not, uh, try to tell each other how to feel or think. Let's let's tell each other what Jesus would do in the midst of this. So, so as we talk about Jesus leaving, we, we talked about the warnings. Now let's talk about, uh, Josh, we, we're going to talk about as they're dealing with the emotions of abandonment uh, and how they're going to regulate themselves with Jesus leaving. Jesus introduced something that he calls an advantage, an advantage for him. And he's discussing the Holy Spirit in verse seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth: it is to your advantage, or to uh, uh, for you to be in a better place, uh, that I go away. For if I do not go uh, away, the Helper will not come uh, to you. Now, before we describe the characteristics of the Helper, what is the advantage? What is the What is going to be better about the Holy Spirit? Now, right now, Jesus is physically present in the text to walk with these disciples, but Jesus, he's limited. He's limited to in the flesh of physical presence. But he's about to send something that's better. You're going to have... Uh, uh, something that's going to remind you of who Jesus is and remind you of his character. And guess what? Everybody don't have to be in one place to get this. The advantage is Jesus can represent himself all over the world at one time, no matter what issues, where they are, the Lord right now can exist at Sycamore View and Northeast Side Down the Street. And the Holy Spirit, the advantage is we got something better than the physical presence mm-hmm. of Jesus. We got something that turned us into the divine nature right. of Jesus. And we can show this. But So the, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is the struggle. Man. Because what we want to mm. do, we want to control when we're going to have the Holy Spirit, when we're going to use them. That's why the Bible says don't quench the Spirit. Because what you're about to see is that you cannot exist in wrong or even compromise it, or even be silent in the midst of it and claim you have the Holy Spirit. You can't have the Holy Spirit in issues that are comfortable and then you don't use it in issues that are not comfortable. Uh, Josh, we got to go ahead and go and just get to describe this Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm going to let you do the shouting and jumping now. Amen. All right, look, look at this. The first thing is described as the helper, the helper. The Holy Spirit is described as the helper. Uh, what, what, is, what is a helper? He's, he's an advocate. He's an advocate. He's, he, he's one who, who come between. The Holy Spirit, he's an intercessor. He, he is one who come in and and stand with you he's a consoler he's one who's who bring consolation advocate he's he's representing you on your behalf look at all these different uh, things that describe the Holy Spirit. He's also a comforter when I need comfort in a time of injustice, in a time of suffering. Not only does He comfort me, He, he represent me, on, go to God on my behalf, right? He's an innocent, he, He's a consoler. He, and He's also, He does all these things. That's what it means to have some help. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus said, When I'm leaving, you got an advantage. I'm sending some help. And what you're going to do is you're going to experience me without my physical presence. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, So, and another thing we talked about, I'll say, we're going to talk about these individually, Josh, and you just walk with me on this. And and this Holy Spirit has a specific job. That specific job is to convict, uh, convict those of sin. Look at verse eight. It says in verse eight, and when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. And the question is, when we deal with racism, some don't want to see this as what it is. It's sin. It's it's social sin. It's a social sin uh, before God, especially a God who died for all, loved all, uh, and wouldn't see nothing bad happen. There was, I think, a trans uh, woman that was killed this week, and and the world is crying out for those. They're a little bit more. But what about that person? As a human being, it, God loves everybody. God loved all of us in our faults. So the Holy Spirit has to possess that same character. Just what does it mean when the Holy Spirit, uh, when it talks about sin, uh, 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 we talk about it convict to tell fault to convince rebuke reprove reprove. Two of those words of what we're called to do is preaching, reprove and rebuke. It didn't even put exhorting this one, but but we see that part of. Having the Holy Spirit is you're willing to reprove something or rebuke it. Right. You know, you, know, the Holy Spirit will tell you, no, that's not right you got to stand against that. And it's not enough to be quiet because the Holy Spirit don't come for you to be quiet. It comes for you to say something. Mm. It comes for you to speak on God's behalf. You cannot stay silent in the midst of injustice and have the Holy Spirit. So what's happening is we go to church and we have our, 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 our idol sacraments. I would say idol because sometimes if you worship to worship, oh uh, that's, that's an idol God now. But when you come to worship and you pour yourself out, God, help me, change me, uh, release me of this these spirits I have. That's what God wants. That's what God called worship. And then the Holy Spirit can work within you even like Peter and Paul in their faults and you can call out. Yeah. See. Oh, Josh, you going to take a little bit. Get a little bit, Josh. <laughs>
2: Hey, it's, it's, it, very few people out-energize me when, when I preach together, but you're definitely one of them. Man. No, no. And I love it. Uh, man, you know, backing up just for a moment real quick, uh, the, the the apostles didn't understand. They didn't understand exactly what was all going on. When we don't understand... Sit under the teaching of Jesus. Remain under the teaching of Jesus and lean in a little closer. Jesus makes this great statement. Hey, it's better for me to go away and the Holy Spirit to come. And everything you've just laid out, man, the Holy Spirit's a helper. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, righteousness, judgment. Mm -hmm. I wonder what it was like for people to hear this as Jesus said it. And then I also wonder what it was like for the church 30 years, 40 years later to look back on this teaching and for this to be what energized the church, to be the people of God, God was calling them to be in a time where there was Gentiles and Jews who were going at it, rich and poor who were going at it. Right. And it could have, the easiest thing could have been, oh, hey, here's what we need. We're going to set up a Gentile church on the east side of town, a Jewish church <laughs> on the west side of town, rich church over here, and everybody just be nice to each other. But instead, the way the New Testament goes is because of what Jesus did through death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus has called all people to come together. Right. With each other, but here's the big one, also for each other. Right, right, right. right. Not just with each other, for right, each right, other. Right. I preached a sermon on uh, racial reconciliation a couple of years ago at Sycamore View. Afterwards, I had an African-American brother come up to me. And he looked me in the eye and he said, do, do you mean it? And he said, he said, I believe that you mean it, but here's, here's what I'm tired of. I don't need white people who are just willing to be my friend. I need to know if you're willing to stand against the powers when I need it.
1: Right, right, right.
2: Are you willing to both be my friend and to stand for me when I need it? Right. You you see, man, this this is deep friendship and commitment. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us to do exactly what this is, to call sin for what it is, to be people of righteousness, people of justice. So, I know there are some loaded phrases sometimes we use, like social gospel or social justice. And, you know, for those who struggle, like social gospel, sometimes you can go through it. You can see that through a political lens. And I I get that. And I would just ask people, you may not have to use a phrase like social gospel. I don't use this phrase much. But I think we have to agree that the gospel is social. <laughs> right. The gospel does call us to care about what is happening in the social world That's around the Bible. us. the yeah. You may not choose to use the phrase social justice, yeah. but you can't read the Bible and not use the phrase justice, which is about God setting the world right. I love this moment in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 6 Yes, where God says this. God basically says, and I'm kind of paraphrasing God, so go read Isaiah 49 6. But God says, hey, for me just to redeem my people right here in Israel, that's too easy of a thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's too easy for me just to care about one people. Mm-hmm. The movement of God has been this trajectory to bring people together from all different walks of life. This is the miracle that can only be performed through, through God's intervention and God's help. Um... So I know a lot of people right now are asking me, what, what and I've, I've had many people call me, what does it mean to have a voice right now? How do I use my voice? And not everybody has a voice to use on social media or not everybody has to spend three days crafting these social media posts. It's gonna set the world on fire. And there are a lot of people using social media right now who need to get off social media. (laughs) There's some people who will take two hours to try to form a post when they need to go outside and sit on the sidewalk or go down the street to have a little conversation with somebody wrapped in a different color skin than they do. Right, right. We all have some voice. And let me say this about privilege, and this will be the last thing I say, and you can say whatever else, and then we'll come to an end and come to communion. But... um, We, especially white people, sometimes struggle having conversations about white privilege because we don't want to feel guilty. And I want to encourage white people, I want to encourage anyone who has privilege, wherever the privilege may come from, don't deny it. Own it. And repent of Whatever the privilege is that you may are there parts of it you need to repent of, repent of it. But then own it and leverage it for the good of the world. Right, right. If you're wealthy, leverage your wealth for the good of the world. If you're white and there's white privilege, right. own it and then leverage it for the good of all people. Right, right. Just like Jesus did. To put on a towel, to wash feet in surface, and to serve, to send an example of what God is like. Right. Right, right.
1: And it, 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 if you look at this, the Holy Spirit was God's answer to do this. This is what the church needs God's, he, God's idea. Right. It says He's going to come and convict sin, righteousness. Righteousness is your character and your act, yeah. who, who you are, right. and what you do. Justice okay. is God saying there's a standard that, that, that you have to uphold. And it don't matter what part of life, whether you're at church, uphold the standard. Mm. In your home, uphold the standard. Don't let, don't let something exist in your home that God does not approve. Because if the Holy Spirit in you, right. He's gonna convict it. Another thing it says is this because most of us want to exist with the Holy Spirit in our own reality. But verse 13 says something as we get ready to, Josh you gonna close this out. As we yeah. get ready to close this out, verse 13 says something. That's very powerful. It says when the spirit of truth, which means the reality, the word truth means the reality uh, uh, on the basis of things. There's a reality and that's why it's called the spirit who, who possessed the truth. He's of the reality. He's going to expose reality and most of us don't want to live in that reality. It scares us to think there's another reality outside of what we're thinking but it says when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you in all into all the truth for he will speak on his he will not speak will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come just like jesus doing now he said the holy spirit is gonna do the very same thing. And remember this, the Holy Spirit is not coming in his own authority. He's coming as the voice of God. Hmm. The question is, is what you're saying about the world and about people and about life and others who don't look like you or don't act like you, all of us have some improvement, improvements to do in, in this subject. All of us do. The question is, will you allow the Holy Spirit come in And God to speak through his authority Not yours Mm -hmm. Through his authority And to your spirit and deal with the hate Whatever form it is I've heard people now say I can't stand them folks Do you really have a right To go to church on Sunday Shout Jump up and down Catch what you so call as the Holy Ghost But the Holy Ghost is not something that come to perform It's something that come to speak And when it's speaking to your heart It should change you to not walk in the ways of this world. Jesus is going to say at the end of this chapter, I have overcome Hmm. the world. Can you overcome it? Yeah.
2: We're going to come to a time at the table right now, Sycamore View, Northeast Side, other people who may be joining us, you may have the bread and the cup right there with you. As we come to the table, let me say this, especially for Northeast Side watching, I think you need to hear a white church leader look you in the eye like i am right now and to let you know that i believe black lives matter and of course i believe all lives matter but all lives matter don't matter until we can believe that black lives matter and when i say that i don't believe black lives matter more than everyone else i just believe black lives matter too and here at the table it reminds me god is for god is for all people justice is here because Justice is what Jesus did to set the world right. You taught me a lot a couple of years ago when Botham was murdered in Dallas. And we had a unity service. And for the black community, it was a justice service that was happening all around the country. And we hosted this event at Sycamore View. And we called it a unity service. Didn't think anything of it. And you were one who taught me. What can be really easy for white people is we want unity. Whether justice comes or not, we just want people to get along. And what the black community and others have taught me is we need justice so that unity can be here in a way that God wants unity to be restored. And at the table is where Jesus makes all things right right. With the bread and the cup. And I want us to believe that the waters of baptism and the bread and the cup are strong enough to hold us together through it all. Right. And there have been a lot of moments, I don't know if we believe that, but today, you and me, we're declaring this in the presence of each other yes, and sir. in the presence of our churches. Yes. We believe that the waters of baptism, the bread and the cup, can hold us together and get us together through it all. Right. Right. So, right now, God, I ask over Sycamore View, Northeast Side, throughout Memphis and beyond, that your kingdom will come right here on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus, for the bread and the cup and the meal that you established to bring us all together, may that happen right now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen.